Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Today's match is in the books, and we're breaking it down. This is your RSL post-match show on the RSL Radio Network. All right, welcome into the Real Salt Lake post-game show here on the RSL Network. Myself, Spencer Warren, my partner Lauren Beck, along for this one. A really tough 2-1 loss on the road for Real Salt Lake. They did so well. Beautiful equalizer in the 68th minute off the foot of Justin Miram onto the noggin of Jefferson Savarino to make it 1-1 and... RSL, a ton of shots, nothing super clear apart from Brian O'Hader's shot earlier in the second half, but undone again from the wide areas, a ball across the six-yard line, and it's bundled over the over the uh, the goal line to make it 2-1 with just a few minutes left. And RSL's going to feel really hard done by on this one because they were really, really good tonight, uh, Lauren, uh, for long stretches in this game at Toyota Park. And... It hurts in a different way. The 4-0 losses hurt because RSL was so terrible. This one hurts because we were so competitive and it looked like we'd got a really hard-earned point on the road, which would have been a really, really good uh, seven days for Real Salt Lake. Yeah, it just right there at the end. It was a really nice goal for Kamunga and a nice story for him as well. Uh, born in a refugee camp and, and finding his way to major league soccer, scoring a game winning goal for Dallas, a, a nice story for him and for FC Dallas, yeah, I don't care. a tough game for Real Salt Lake tonight. Yeah. You look at the stats um, again, Real Salt Lake on the road with possession, 52% possession, 434 passes with 85% accuracy, 15 total shots, um, five of those on target to Dallas's four shots, two on target. Uh, a very efficient night for Dallas. Um, yeah, just a, a difficult one to swallow for the fans and I'm sure the team uh, dropping that road point late in the game. 
Yeah, it is. It is a tough one. And RSL, as they look at the table, I know it's still early in the season and they've only played uh, seven games so far. But when you look at the table, they drop one place um, because of uh, Colorado getting a point on the road. But they do sit in 11th. Dallas uh, still in fourth, but uh, level on points with LAFC and I'll be honest with you. That's that's a solid start to uh, to your season when you're you, you're you know right underneath where the champions are. Um, that's that's kind of a good test of where you need to be. Seattle, on the other hand, are uh, going to be coming up pre- here pretty soon for Real Salt Lake. But uh, yeah, that's that's that is a as rough a a go for Real Salt Lake because of the amount of shots, the amount of possession. Um, what they did very well, they did extremely well. But it, again, it highlights the tracking back of the midfield when you're giving up goals. It also um, uh, hurt because of the lack of goals, the lack of the number nine. Yes, we've had some Savarino scoring two weeks in a row. Anderson Julio getting off the mark as well last weekend. Had some good chances, but... Rubio Rubin, for all the good work that he does with his hold-up play, his physicality, doesn't look like he's going to score. And you kind of need that number nine when you look around the league, the number nines that are that are big, that are mobile, good at holding the ball up, but are still sticking the ball in the back of the net. It's still going to hurt Real Salt Lake until those things uh, are addressed as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that that second goal for FC Dallas, it, it was a nice run into the box, Um Justin Miram was the man marking, and I it looked like he tried to um, check Kamungo off the off the ball and just kind of fell to the ground. Brian Vera um, not able to step in time as in not able to step in time. We will not be making that joke on the air, Spence. But uh, yeah, unfortunate from from Justin Miram there again that that. The defense from the midfield has kind of been the problem for Real Salt Lake throughout the season. We are going to head to our first break. RSL falls two goals to one on the road in Dallas. You're listening to the RSL Network. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into the post-game show here on the RSL Network. Myself, Spencer Warren, my partner, Lauren Beck. RSL full 2-1 on the road 
in Dallas leaves them 11th in the Western Conference on six points, the point that uh, Colorado got in Charlotte this evening. Um, just moves that's, lets them jump over RSL. Uh, FC Dallas stay in fourth level on points with LAFC. LAFC and LA Galaxy play tomorrow in the El Trafico at Dignity Health Park. That should be well worth uh, tuning into. I think you can catch that on Fox. I don't think it's on Apple TV. I think it's on Fox. Sorry, which match? LAFC and LA Galaxy. Oh, say tomorrow. I, I'm sure, yeah. We are still awaiting for the post-game press conference to start. Um, interested to hear what Pablo Mastroeni uh, has to talk about because for all the pelters that I've given him this season and the front office this season, um, this, for me, even though it's a loss, was another step in the right direction after the Charlotte win uh, last last weekend. I thought RSL did really well. Um, we've talked about it. The lack of goals, the lack of a goal, a natural goal scorer is going to hurt RSL until they address that. I think that's that's pretty obvious. But with the the goal that was scored tonight, uh, Justin Miron coming off the bench, lovely whipped in right-footed ball from the left wing onto the head of Jefferson Savarino, and it only just missed Anderson Julio. It was a, a phenomenal uh, ball into the box and then two, having two players that are decent. Well, you know, Anderson Julio, we know, is very good in the air. Um, but uh, falls to Jefferson Savarino. Uh, interested to hear uh, what he thought of the game, what the players think of the game. Obviously, they're going to be pretty down uh, about losing it uh, so late on. Anything that's interesting that you're getting on social media or anything like that, Lauren? Um, yeah, let me open a new Twitter tab because I've got Uh-oh. something else open um, that we can discuss later. Love but- Island? No. No? Okay. That We save that for off the air. Okay. We can talk about it on air as well. <laughs> While we're waiting. Um, Andrew Lord, friend of the program, what will it take for Luna to get more minutes and why hasn't his agent basically forced RSL to move him yet? No excuse for his lack of playing time this year. Yeah, I mean, especially when things weren't going well offensively earlier in the season, uh, up until two games ago. Um, why aren't you looking for those changes offensively? He's all, He's been a great spark for RSL coming into that midfield. It's nice to have an actual 10 out there doing things. Um, yeah, curious to see, again, why, why have him if you're not, if it's not the formation, if it's not what you want to do with the team. What's, what's the point? Yeah, I mean... Tough one for me because um, we've not had a ten since Albert left, and I know that um, that that Dami has played that, played there uh, this season, but he's not really a ten. He's the one that kind of he's a goal scoring midfielder. He's an eight for me, um, but he creates yeah. space. We haven't really had one, um, but we've needed someone to to be pulling the strings. He can even play as an attacking eight in a midfield three as well. Yeah, for, for me, Luna, because he's that good. I know he can play wide, but then. The lack of pace hurts him as well, but mm-hmm. he's got great ball skills. Yeah, I'd love to see him get some more minutes. I'd love to, for him to be a success here because he's an unfashionable player, and I love that about him yeah. because he's he's RSL through and through. Yeah, just picking up the players that nobody else wants, or or judge him about their body yeah. and, and the way he looks, or whatever it is. I, I just love him because you look at the players that have come through RSL through the years, unfashionable players that, that nobody wanted and then just been fantastic. Ned Grabavoy, you know, springs to mind immediately, just uh, just not wanted and then just turned into this absolute um, 
fantastic box to box midfielder moving from uh, more of a playmaking role and and yeah i mean it's it's just RSL through and through i'd love for him to get an opportunity maybe we see that because RSL's been pretty consistent the last couple of games been pretty good the last couple of games to be honest with you um, do you want to mess around with that, with San Jose coming into town, who are kind of hit and miss a little bit um, as well? Um, but then you've got the US Open Cup uh, against LA, uh, sorry, Las Vegas Knights um, and down in Vegas. I'd love to see him get a start there. And then, again, you've got Seattle coming into town the week or the, the weekend after. So really, really interested to see how he's... Uh, introduced and getting more minutes. But the same can be said for Justin Miram coming off the bench, doing a great job. Um, on the attacking side, maybe a little, should have done a little bit better for that for that goal. But yeah. again, out-muscled maybe um, with, with the strength of um, Bernard. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because yeah. I, I, I've been pretty hard on the coaching staff uh, to to start the season because RSL were so poor. But now we're starting to see things that are clicking and the midfield's starting to click or the offense is starting to, to click. Um, and I'm hoping that's something that maybe you don't have to make the changes, but the goals have to flow. But the chances are being created, which is what wasn't happening when Diego Luna was on the bench. and But now they are. So, yeah, I'm hoping that's... He's just adding to the firepower. Yeah, no, and and the point that you brought up was one I was going to bring up. Hopefully, against Las Vegas Lights in that Open Cup game, we I'd love to see him get some minutes there. I I would love to see Real Salt Lake not uh, lose to a USL team again in the opening <laughs> round. But um, yeah, hopefully, we'll see some minutes for the the talented players that aren't quite getting the minutes in major league soccer play at the moment while uh it looks like the press conference is progressing but we still don't have anybody um down there uh another another one i think this is going to be the thing of the season a tweet from derek at d underscore ricky one goals change games that's it's it seems no surely not <laughs> no surely not it's the thing that everyone keeps saying pablo says it um the podcasters say it that you know it's it's the thing i think that's just going to turn into like kind of the the cliche joke of the season that goals change games um but they but you know, it's it's the obvious true thing it it does change the game well yeah and obviously we get the equalizer yeah. in the 68th minute and it felt like there was only going to be one winner yeah for me because rsl was still uh, doing a good job going forward so yeah i i, I felt and this is where RSL can't keep a clean sheet and yep it's a whole balance thing this now now we're looking a lot better offensively we're creating obviously get three goals last week only one tonight but the um the 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 back line again looks a lot more comfortable Bodie Hildago obviously kind of got caught a little bit in two minds for the first goal mm-hmm. uh but I kind of liked that back four um Andrew Bodie to come back hopefully but Brian Vera I think has done very well at left back um yeah. Um, sorry, getting getting sidetracked by the by, that by was the Zoom. Scary. Yeah, I think that was Trey, Trey Fitzgerald sitting in a dark room by himself. That apparently. Was, so just for a little bit of a visual here, because we're in a purely audio uh, medium, we have the Zoom open for the pre- post 
post-game press conference, we have the Major League Soccer backdrop. We're waiting for Pablo. And then all of a sudden, the second window opens, and it's just like flashlight under the face. Can't quite tell who it is. Possibly Trey is spooky. That was a spooky pop-up. <laughs> it looked like... It looked like um, the Blair Witch Project? No, Sean Carter, the, the Black Album. What's 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 his name? Oh. He's married to uh, Beyonce. Jay-Z. Jay-Z, yeah. Oh, we've got Pablo Mastorini. Oh, and I, I like that hoodie as well. Hey, Pablo. Who is that? That's Trey. Hey, what's up, Trey? What a game, man. Um, I mean, these guys. You know what's crazy? Is not only was it not a handball, I'm going to act like a coach for a second, but the dude didn't even go to VAR. Yeah, that's that's what everybody's talking about. Because we're going to get we're we're going to get we're going to get the hey sorry guys. <laughs> yep. Anyway, all right, we'll get started here uh, with Tom Hackett. You want to lead us off there, Tom? Sure. Good day, Pablo. Um, I guess you mentioned the handball, and, and maybe I should start there. But I want I want to I guess talk more about on the road. You you actually looked like the more dominant team. You had more of the chances in front of goal. Fifteen shots to their four were the final numbers. It seems to be kind of the ongoing issue for you. Are you? I know you. I know you're trying to stay as patient as you can, but there has to be some frustration coming from your end as it relates to that. I, I mean, again, I think our our chance creation has been there, and like I told the guys, the game the game is won and lost inside both boxes, right? So you have to make plays defensively, um, and you know we we created more than enough tonight to 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 win to to score two or three like we did last game. Um, and just just spin it on the positive note, it was a fantastic performance. The guys on both sides of the ball, aggressive defensively, common composed uh, offensively, creating good chances. Um, and you know their keeper came up trumps on on a few big saves. Uh, but the onus is on us to find to find the back of the net. And uh, for as much as we're creating, it's a bit disappointing that we're not finishing. Um, but again, that's the toughest part to do in the game. And, and, and that's, that's been our focal point in the last couple of weeks um, is getting the guys in front of goal and just, just feeling what it feels like to hit the back of the net. So again, I think overall it was a, a you know, a, a fantastic road performance and uh, on any other day, I think we come away with a different result. It's um it's interesting because, you know, when you're picking up points and you have a game like this, it's probably reasonably easy to brush off and move on to the next, but when the ball isn't bouncing your way like it has this season, these games are kind of tough pills to swallow. Is it, I guess, yeah. how difficult it is, is it becoming to kind of move on to, to next week knowing that you should have probably done more than what you did, at least pick up a point? Um, well, I mean, again, once the game's over, it's we're. I mean, at least, you know, we're, we're preparing for the next one, you know, you, and, and that's why I always talk about performances versus a result because, you put performances like that together where you're dominant on, you know, in the run of play and you're creating all these chances, you know, that's, that's what you hang your hat on. Again, if the performance was poor um, as some of our previous games on the road have been um, and at home, um, you know, you'd shake your head and think, you know, what do we need to do? But I think 
the direction we're moving in is clear. I think our last two games have been uh, really, really good uh, from a performance standpoint. And and now we just need to hit the back of the net. And, and, uh, and, and, and that's really the one thing that's eluding us. And then obviously we're not getting any help. You know, I think I got to, I got, I got to go back and check on, uh, you know, what the definition of a handball is. Um, you know, it's, it's in, in the fact that it doesn't go to VAR is, is very interesting to me. Um, because again, I, you know, we've, we've taken a peek at this year on a handball that was, um, negligent compared to what, what, what happened today. Um, so, uh, again, all those little things add up and, and hitting the back of the net on, on a PK is, is we're going into halftime a different way. Um, but again, my, my focus is only on the performance of the group and, and, and tonight the guys played well. And so you ask, you know, is it a tough pill to swallow? I, you know, when, when things don't go your way in life, they're always tough to swallow, but what do you have to hang your head on? And and you saw 11 guys out on the field at any one time that worked extremely hard for each, for each other, played some fantastic stuff on both sides of the ball, committed to the plan and, and executing, albeit for for the lack of finishing and then lastly from me in previous weeks you've mentioned um that you know it was apparent once you conceded the first goal it it came across maybe the the players dropped their heads and and um and and, and didn't didn't look like they had the confidence required to come back tonight that wasn't necessarily the case so is that the silver lining for you is that despite conceding in the fifth minute you were able to to maintain and withstand that adversity? Yeah, I think so. I, I, again, I think, you know, what, 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 what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And unfortunately this year we've been, uh, we haven't, we haven't scored first this year. And so I, I think our resilience to stay in the game and, and really, uh, you know, and, and come back and, and put forth that type of performance, I think is encouraging to, to me, but more so to the group and realizing that, um, that we dictate in, with our mindset the way we want the game to go, and it's not these exterior influences. It's 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 on us, and and the way we perform. So I think that's definitely a positive. Um, however, it'd be uh, it'd be great to to be on to to control the game with a lead, um, and uh, we've only you know done that once this year, twice. Thanks, Tom. Up next, Sean Walker. Yeah, coach. I I could ask you about Sava's goal, but I feel like. Uh he's kind of making a habit of it, which is probably a good thing for you guys. But I want to ask about that service from Justin to get it into him and just what kind of a difference he makes when he's able to come on fresh in the second half, like he did and, and put in balls like that. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I think Miriam has, has been a difference maker. Um, and, you know, he's played different roles for this group uh, over the years. You know, we had a good chat midweek. And, uh, you know, Miriam has stayed after the last few days and done a bunch of extra work, a bunch of cardio, getting his mind right. Um, and it just felt like the right moment to, to to bring him into the game. He's been the sharpest he's been all year. And for him to deliver um, in an important moment of the game, I think is, uh, is you know, it, it's indicative of, 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 you know, where he's at from a mental perspective and, 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 and not um, – you know, feeling bad for himself, but coming in and contributing in a meaningful way on both sides of the ball. So I think, you know, his he's had a knack over the years of, of being a difference maker. Um, and it was just it's good to get him on the on the score sheet, you know, because he's been he's been, um, you know, uh, it's been eluding him. Um, but I think, again, like everything else, it's a confidence thing. And I think the more reps he gets, the better he'll be. 
you touched a little bit on the handball, non-handball thing, and and I don't want to dwell on it necessarily, but did they tell you anything as you were coming off about the play or the moment? Like, did they say anything on the field, about, like whether they looked at it, anything like that? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. Um, okay. and, and again, I think the biggest thing for me is that it doesn't go to VAR. And, and and I think that is, you know, it doesn't, the referee on the field doesn't go and look at that. Um, and, and that's bizarre to me, again, because I've seen over the last couple of years, uh, what is considered a handball and, for, you know, a ball that's going on frame that clearly uh, hits, uh, I think, Legette's hand. And, 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 and again, I think the other part too is, these players are becoming savvy to how handballs work. And albeit it's, it's, and, and that's why players put their hands behind their back in the box and they don't leave them hanging out to the side. And now they're starting to raise their chest a little bit and make themselves a little bit bigger. And so again, it's a mystery to me. Um, and, and obviously goals change games and uh, that was an important moment. So I'll be interested to hear the feedback from, um, you know, pro as to, as to why that wasn't even, um, why, why the you know center ref didn't go take a look at that? It's about the VAR, and and it's not about this one in particular. But I'm I'm curious just to hear your thoughts in general. One of the reasons potentially, and I don't know maybe why they didn't go to VAR, is because there seems to be this pressure from referees for when they do go to VAR, it would appear like they're going to overturn the ruling on the field. Do you get a sense that that is the case? If they go on a VAR, there's you know, a 95% chance, a really good chance that they are going to overturn the, the call and maybe that's starting to impact the decisions on both the referee and the video assistant? I think that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I think last year we had one at home that went to VAR and he declined it. And, and, and again, I think the onus on on any officiating team is to get the call right, you know? And so if it's if it's that, blatant surely someone at least has to go just to entertain us and and feel like we're you know we're getting a fair crack at this and then if he decides no it's not a handball well then i guess you know then that's a different story but the fact uh, you know i've so we've been uh, a part of that where they go to var and 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 they decided it wasn't a pk or you know whatever it was last year so um but i i just think the the you know i i mean i don't know what else to say tom <laughs> All right, Pablo, thank Thanks, you. Guys. We're going to toss over to Jefferson Severino. Uh, another disappointing Recording in loss, progress. Despite playing well. Sí, por supuesto. Eh, pienso que jugamos un gran partido, todo el grupo. Eh, bueno, al final pienso que por una desconcentración defensivamente, hablando error de todo el equipo. Eh... Pienso que al final, bueno, por eso perdimos el partido, pero en todo partido estuvimos controlando, eh, empatamos el partido y aún seguimos controlando, y bueno, al final perdimos el partido y no, no vamos a casa sin un punto. I think we played a good game. The whole team as a whole played a good a good game. But in the end, I think an offensive mistake cost us, but I think we had an overall good game and control most of the game. In the, in the end, we lost and we continued going home. Were you surprised that... I, I I don't know. Did you get a good vantage point on on the handball um, midway through the game, or, or the non-handball rather? Eh, bueno, yo vi la jugada de atrás eh, y vi una mano muy clara. Eh, pero bueno, ya fue decisión de de los árbitros no no pitar el penalti. Pero bueno, al final eh, eso nos cuesta el partido también. 
I saw the play from the back and saw a clear handball, in my opinion. But in the end, it was the ref's call and cost us the game and we lost. Um, and then lastly, for me, this game in particular, you created a lot of chances, but you were unable to to finish those chances. Do you get a sense that some of the attacking players are feeling an added amount of pressure to finish those chances? Bueno, al final siempre intentamos, intentamos hacer los goles. El portero de ellos también estuvo muy bien. Pero bueno, yo sigo confiando, sigo confiando en mis compañeros, en los delanteros. Eh, de pronto llegarán los goles. Sé que cuando entre una seguirán haciendo más goles. Y bueno, eh, presión sentimos todos, los del ataque de, de hacer goles, de ayudar al equipo. Y bueno, eh, esperemos en los próximos partidos seguir mejorando. In the end, we always try to make goals. Their keeper did have a good game as well, but I have confidence in my team and myself and we know the goals will come. One goes in, others will carry on. Of course, we do feel the pressure. We all want to do good and help the team, but hopefully throughout the next few games, they will come. Just what's working so well, back-to-back games with a goal, what's working so well for you right now to be able to find the back of the net? Bueno, creo que siempre entro en todos los partidos a marcar goles, ayudar al equipo. Eh, no hay mucha diferencia. Eh, siempre tengo la confianza en Dios en que en cada partido pueda ayudar al equipo. Y bueno, otro juego con, con goles, pero en los, los próximos partidos seguir igual para ayudar al equipo, que es lo más importante. I think I, I go into every game and all games to try and make a goal and help out my team. There isn't a big difference between today and other in other previous games, I just want to help. It just so happens to be another game that I score another goal, and I just hope I carry it on to the next few games. Gracias, Jefferson. Gracias. Thank you. That was uh, Jefferson Saverina. Short and sweet. Um, you can tell there's, there's certainly some frustration there. Um, I'm still I'm still thinking about Pablo's uh, interview with regards to the, the handball and the fact he was told they didn't go to VAR. I still... Yeah, um, it's my, nonsense. Yeah, my mind is absolutely blown by by that. There I, was there was an incident last year that also did not go to VAR. I I need to like think about it because I can't remember specifically what it was, but it, you have it, so why aren't you utilizing it? It's right. nonsense. Right, we're going to head to another break. You're listening to the RSL post-game show here on the RSL Network. Miriam, 20 yards off the end line. No pressure on the ball. He'll bend one in. Had a goal. There we go. Headed in. Justin Miriam off the bench with the assist. Savarino, the header. He scores in back-to-back games, and it's level 1-1 in the 68th minute. Welcome back into the post-game show here on the RSL Network. RSL falling two goals to one on the road. You just hear the highlights of Jefferson Savarino's 68th-minute equalizer. Off the uh, the assist of Justin Miriam, and you just felt after that goal went in, Lauren, that it might just turn into a very good point, if not all three points. But RSL undone again, unfortunately. Yeah, disappointing. I I, I agree that RSL seemed to be the better team there. They had the possession, they had the stats, the shots. Um, but at the end of the day, that defending from Bodie for the first goal. And I think that that's something that can be fixed with experience. I don't think that that's necessarily, it's not unfixable from, from Bodie on that one. Um, just a poor decision in the moment. 
Um, and then Justin Miram and Brian Barra not uh, not closing down Bernard in an intelligent fashion. That might sound a little harsh, but it just, uh, you know, a disappointing result for RSL. But they uh, return home to face San Jose um, next Saturday, and hopefully they can, uh, can figure that out. In the meantime, we do have a couple more tweets. Um, at Fisher King 2067 says, Once again, Pablo makes the worst subs at the worst times. Changed the whole complexion of the game. I may uh, seem like we may... Well, hold on. I did not read this beforehand, and it's there's this, this sentence is breaking my brain. Seemed like we had FC Dallas on their heels. Then Pablo lets them off the hook. I think that's how it felt. Not with the Miram sub, but the, the later substitutions, bringing Paul on, bringing Musovsky on. That is where I envision that uh, is what he's talking about. Because those subs at that point did kind of break the flow for Real Salt Lake. Um, at C. Luff 155 says, release the handball footage. And I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. It, you, we've got only one replay from Apple and TV. Then- and then make the referee come on TV and explain why you didn't go to VAR. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Jeffrey Carroll, incredibly frustrated, frustrating result. RSL dominated the game with their high press, creating danger and preventing Dallas from getting into a rhythm. Been said before, but we really need that killer instinct in and around the box. Dallas hardly had a look, but put away their chances. It was, again, a very efficient night from Dallas. Two shots on goal, two goals. Um, Andrew Lord... Oh, we already read his tweet about and uh, about Luna not getting enough minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on any of those tweets, or shall we move on to San Jose, or or what do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> I mean, talking about the the flow. I think I think you, if he's talking after the the RSL goal, and we're talking about really, I mean, Danny Mososki. It's kind of a pointless substitution for me, um, and yeah. then Elijah Paul. I mean, that's that's the ninetieth minute. I mean. Yeah, just kind of throwing everything and trying to get something going uh, with a little bit more movement. But yeah, that, it's a tough one, man, because, you know, Bodie Hidalgo is the one that's um, cramping up. That's why Anelli comes in. Mm-hmm. And then Gomez had been been okay, but it's off the foot of Justin Miram who replaces Gomez to put that ball into the box. And it was a, a real beauty. Um, and yeah, it's, it's hard to uh, hard to, to fault that those changes. Yeah. But the, the Musovsky one... Again, nothing against Danny Musovsky. It was just that Anderson Julio is a lot more dangerous. Gets him behind, uh, decent in the air, and and you know you, you not only you you're trying to push for a winner. Um, maybe he's looking to to be defensive from the front, and Danny Musovsky puts himself out a little bit more, holds the ball up a little bit more. Um, maybe that's the thinking behind it. But yeah, when you're looking for a goal, and they could have stolen all three points, to be honest with you. One, well, the substitution Miram for Gomez also shifts Jefferson Savarino out to the right side, which uh-huh. is fantastic as well. Uh, he's been fine from the left, but much better from the right, and, and obviously that one uh, that one pays off. And that's where he cuts in from the right to get his head on the ball. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we're going to go to another break. When we come back, we'll start to preview what's going to happen next weekend as San Jose come into town. Um, a San Jose team that are okay. Uh, currently winning 1-0 against uh, Sporting Kansas City. Uh, you're listening to the RSL post-game show here on uh, the RSL Network. All 
All right, welcome back into the RSL Post Game Show here on the RSL Network. Myself and Lauren around here for a couple more minutes. RSL falling 2-1 on the road in Dallas. A tough loss because RSL played so well. That's two weeks in a row that RSL have put in a performance. But the same old problems happening with regards to the lack of a recognized goal scorer, as in a double-digit goal scorer, and the fact that RSL really, really struggle to keep clean sheets um, and keeping the ball out of the back of the net. Up next will be um, next Saturday, 7.30 kickoff against San Jose Earthquakes. 6.30 pregame with myself and Lauren. Is Jake Hatch back next no. week? No, he's not. He's missing the next two games as well. Holy shnikes. Maybe we'll have Tom Hackett making his season debut if he returns my texts. I mean, he was supposed to be on, wasn't he? I don't know. He was on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, asking questions that were melting my brain. But I, I think he melted uh, Pablo Mastrani's brain as well. For <laughs> sure. We needed, I tried to get a picture of Pablo's face during that question, but I was not fast enough. Hopefully someone got a picture of it because it was so good. Yeah, we are watching San Jose and uh, uh, Sporting Kansas City. Currently 2-0 to San Jose and uh, SKC down to 10 men. Castellanos getting a yellow, oh, sorry, a red card. And uh, yeah, goals by Christian Espinosa, the Argentine, former Villa, Villarreal player, and Jeremy Ibobise getting the goal from the penalty spot there in the 40th minute. Lauren, when you look at this team, under Almeida, they were an attacking force. If you're going to score two goals, we're going to score three type deal mentality. It's not really changed since he left, to be honest with you. Um, but again, I, I, I love their coach. Uh, I, I think that uh, they're entertaining, and I think they're one of the more um, entertaining teams in the league. What do you expect uh, next weekend? Yeah, I... <laughs> It's it's hard looking at this team so far. It's it's looking a little RSL esque with the number of goals being scored, but they are getting results. Um, more wins from RSL than RSL at the moment. Looks like they'll get another one tonight at home. Um, on the road, they haven't been playing that great. Uh, a road loss to start the season, and then a loss to St. Louis. And a draw with uh, Red Bulls last week. Oh, speaking of that draw, really quickly, um, last week was the game where Ibo say um, they had to stop and had they had 15 minutes of stoppage time, I believe it was, because they needed to investigate whether or not a um, raci- racist comment had been made by a New York Red Bulls player at the time. We did not know who that player was. It has come out that it was uh, Dante Van Seer from New York Red Bulls. Um, he has been issued a six-match uh, suspension by the league and a fine for an undisclosed amount and has to go uh, undergo some training from the league. And uh, you know, some issue, some statements have been issued from him, from head coach, from the club on the matter. Um, glad to see that some action has been taken. The New York Red Bull supporter section today, uh, this week, announced that they would be they would come to the game stay for the national anthem and then depart and if you look at pictures from the stadium that they indeed there's very few people sitting in that section of the stadium for new york red bull um i think that's a a good kind of protest from them um and hopefully we don't continue to see language 
like that used in this league, in the sport. There's been a lot of conversation um, about that as well, especially coming out of Serie A. So no, there's no place for it. We say not in the sport, but really just in the world, no no place for it. We 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 should be behaving better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Move, moving forward. Um, when you look at this team, uh, uh, San Jose, I'm watching them right now. They're central midfield. Jackson Yule and Cruzeiro, mm-hmm. um, former FC Dallas man, uh, went to uh, Europe for a little bit but came back. Um, that's a pretty good midfield too. And then you look at the the likes of Jeremy Ibabise. You look at um, the Christian Espinosa. You've got Cade Cowell in there as well. They've got some... They've actually got some really good players, and um, defensively they're not awful. It just, I think it might be their philosophy just to just to break forward and 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 try and score as many goals as possible and leave themselves open a little bit, and hopefully uh, you get a bit of luck and you got JT Marsanowski in goal as well. Yeah, it's it certainly has the potential to be a very fun, talented team. I think San Jose is one of those that you you never quite can get a grasp on. They they at moments seem to be really really fun to watch and and a fun good team. And then the next week it's what's going on. Yeah. Um, so and that's kind of how it's been over the last couple of seasons. There's not been a lot of consistency out of San Jose in a long time. Um, and then you know you have them playing Sporting Kansas City, who's been shockingly bad over the last couple of seasons. They finished third in the Western Conference in 2021. Didn't make the playoffs last year. Not off to a good start this year. It's it's, it's pretty shocking from a perennial playoff team, a league-winning team a few times, I think twice. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty shocked from by supporting Kansas City over the last couple of years. Philadelphia Union so far this year. Montreal so far this year. Um, but San Jose, I, again, hard to kind of get a grasp on them because they are they are certainly a team that, much like RSL, is just up and down. Yeah, Malone, gone are the days of the 2001-2003 uh, MLS Cup champs um, <laughs> when back in the day when they were uh, a force to be reckoned yeah. with. That's going to do it for myself and Lauren, but from us and from producer Corey, we wish you a wonderful uh, rest of your weekend. RSL falls on the road in Dallas 2-1. It's a cruel loss, but we'll be back next week, next Saturday, a 6.30 pregame with myself and Lauren and maybe someone else, and then a 7.30 kickoff with hopefully Jay's coming back. No disrespect to Nick Romando, but we do like having Jay on with us. Uh, and uh, DJ, have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Night-night. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.